Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. We are here. Our final episode. I'm excited. This is your host, Pastor Johnny Sierra. I am alongside the one and only, my co-host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. What's going on, man? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How many movie sound bites could we create within this episode? Oh, I'm going to do my best to do, to do as many <laughs> As possible. If you did Gollum earlier this year, you <laughs> got to have a few on the final pod of the year. My wife for was Christmas dying when she heard that. A, a few elves. She actually knew I was going to do that a couple minutes prior to me actually doing. You know that. what I would have done? I would have taken that sound bite and made it my ringtone for <laughs> a few days. <laughs> just if you're just, wanting me to redo that, I am not doing that piece today. No. So I'm sorry. But it's Christmas. Yes. All things Christmas. Yes. The most wonderful time of the year. It's phenomenal. We if if you're if you're watching us on the tubes, youtube.com backslash post Sunday podcast, you'll be able to see that you are rocking the Santa fit. I'm rocking the elf fit. And Red and green. We're merry, man. This is like we're supposed to. We're merry and bright. There we go. <laughs> it's working. It's working. I like it. We should have dangled some Christmas lights around I us know, right? around the microphone, <laughs> had them glowing. That, that's that's producer's it's job. The most wonderful time of the year. We have producer Alexis with us today. We're excited to have her. We started we did with not her. Kick out Stanton, We're I ending promise. with her. <laughs> we're starting with Alexis, and we're ending with Alexis. Yes. It's only fitting, right? Yes, the, yes. The full circle. Yeah. This is how it all comes to a close. Stanton wasn't signed to another. To another bond platform, we promise you. <laughs> he will return. <laughs> he will be back. He will he will be the, back. the holiday schedule has yeah, got him a little yeah. little burdened right uh, now. Yeah, so. forgive us if we're um, just doing some small talk. We're just enjoying ourselves. It's the final episode of a full year-long series, um, The NeverEnding Story. And it's just been, it's been awesome, man. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, super thankful for all the memories that we have had this year, all the learning we've had this year. Uh, I know there was different seasons for you that were, you, you were, it was, it was really getting everything out of you. Yeah. This past, even this December now, you know, with revelation. I think that's, what's good though, is that we're just two real guys. Yeah. You know, and we want people to enjoy learning the Bible. So we have a little bit of fun on the front end all the time. And we just don't come into this, you know, pipe bomb straight in where it just feels like you're you're in college sitting in a seminary class. Know. You know, however, the content is there. Yes. And we don't we don't skim on that and we don't diminish that. Yeah. Uh, but we have fun and we laugh and we try to make this real and allow you to know that we're real people too. And I think that's what has made the podcast more successful yes. than we imagined. Yes. Yeah. Back in January. It's it's been such a treat to see just the how 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 far it's expanded itself. 
Um, and, and we're excited. We, we mentioned last week that we just wanted to hear back from you guys, testimonies, just what this, this, this content year long content and podcast has meant to you. And we got a few of them. Um, producer Alexis, if you want to hit us with, uh, I don't know what we're calling it today, but we're going to call it something. So for the last podcast of the year, we decided to change it up a little bit. So last week, we asked for some of your stories, and we're going to read some of them. So go ahead. Take it away, guys. Let's go. She's so awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Her voice just kind of soothes your soul a little differently than Stanton. I love it. I love it. And the Christmas jingle just puts the the ribbon on it it all. So we got an email in. Yeah, and uh, pulling mine up as well from a lady named Nancy. Nice, and uh, this is what she said about the podcast this year. Right, she said I came from a Catholic background, raised my son's Catholic, um, and there just wasn't guidance. It fell apart when I was fourteen. There was no guidance from the church, and I continued going to mass just because that's what I was supposed to do. Never having any connection to any of it. So just that that picture we've talked about of just religion. And if I had guidance like this when I was younger, I probably never would have made the choices that I did in deciding my life choices. If it weren't for the Sunday episode recordings, the post Sunday podcast, I wouldn't have been able to get a basic idea of the Bible. I've binged watched the podcast, the Sunday episodes, everything catching up and reading my Bible for the first time. I left another church that was doing a year-long Bible teaching, but I wasn't understanding anything. With the post-Sunday podcast, when you guys mention a reading, a place to look in the Bible, it's so cool when I'm walking. I stop the podcast, and I go to the app on in the, in the Bible, and I click, and I listen to that section. Then I go back and continue listening to the podcast. She said um, she loved the Legos. That was you. Great. When the series was being taught. Um, And then she said this, um, that uh, I watch, uh, she says, according to her favorite episode, I watched the Genesis Last Supper Mm. and cried my eyes out when I was able to read that section in the Bible. I just never knew what it was really all about. My friends, they don't go to Genesis, but they do live in Florida. They're so thankful that all the pastors are approachable I share this with them, and it's unbelievable the joy, the excitement, the love that I feel when I go to this place and I learn from you. Ooh, pretty awesome. That's amazing. Pretty incredible. That is awesome. Wow. Wow. Man, that's good. I got another one for you um, from our friend Marnie Milks. Love her. Shout out to Marnie. Uh she said, I started learning more about the Bible from the services podcast and, and the Bible recaps every week. My never-ending story book is full of notes, scripture, and questions. If you guys don't know what that is, it's a a booklet that we had, a devotional booklet uh, to take notes throughout the year. And I have been able to understand what the Bible truly means in more detail. In May, I was baptized, and Tim said, it was about time. (laughs) I was able to celebrate with so many people, family, friends, and staff that supported me through this journey. Growing up Jewish, so if you guys don't know, that is her background. I now know and understand more of who I am, especially in the world today. I have new appreciation for the connections between Old Testament and Jesus that have opened my eyes to a new, far more meaningful perspective 
on the entire Bible and the Torah. I go to God for answers, understanding, and prayer, so I want to thank you for giving me this. It is amazing to learn and understand what I never fully did growing up, and I can't wait to see what next year will bring. Let's go. It's been so great watching her spiritual journey. Oh, it's fantastic. fantastic. You know, firsthand and knowing her background, growing up Jewish, and the questions that she has presented often, and to see her understanding of Mm. Jesus the Messiah and who he is and what he means, and to see her take that step in baptism was huge this past year, you know, uh, for her, for where she's come from. And, and so that's what we've been doing. So, you know, good. we've got other stories and we've got other, you know, emails throughout the year. We're not going to read them all today. We just want to read those two just to say thank you yes. to everybody because this year could not have been done without you. And it has been a true joy to take this adventure with you, to, to, to allow this, this medium of podcasting and video on YouTube to be a resource of discipleship. So that's how we want you to see it. Like, how do I get discipled? Use this as that tool to learn, to grow, to understand, and 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 take this adventure with us. And so that, in a nutshell, is what year one has been about. Mm-hmm. And then year two, we're going to take it to a different level. Let's go. I am so excited. So speaking of year two, season two, guys. Season two of the of the post Sunday podcast, we are uh, we 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 announced it uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, we're we're launching into what we are calling the way of the Messiah. What is the way of the Messiah, Pastor Tim? Tell us a little bit about. Well, that. we walk the story of God, so now let's learn about the Son of God, mm. and so it's the person we're going to ask. Um, the hard questions, you know, is is Jesus God? All these things that people wrestle with. Um, we're going to look at his teachings, the Sermon on the Mount, the parables. We're going to look at his wonders and his miracles, obviously his death, burial, resurrection. Yeah. And so it's just going to be a year in the life of Jesus. And we're going to just engulf all things Jesus. The very first believers in the book of Acts were not called Christians. They were called followers of the way, capital W. Because Jesus declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Therefore, next year, season two, is the way of the Messiah. Let's learn all things Messiah, Jesus, and allow that to continue to shape us and transform us. So in saying that, we have a special treat for you guys. For those that are watching us on YouTube, that like to follow us on YouTube, this is a YouTube exclusive for you guys. We apologize for our our, uh, Spotify and iTunes listeners, but check out the YouTube, youtube.com backslash post Sunday podcast, because we're going to unveil our trailer for the way of the Messiah. Get ready. Listen, we got like this, like 
applause and cheer <laughs> and roar and the, and the services when we showed that. Happy. I will say this is this is a, a little piece if you're listening, if you saw that in our services, or if you're watching on YouTube and you're seeing yeah. it for the first time, that's really cool and special to me. My cousin made that. Yes. And uh, he lives up in Virginia and he was paralyzed, I believe six years ago, time frame somewhere around there, um, in a Jeep accident. And so he has mobility wow. in his arms and his hands, but he's paralyzed from the chest down. And the cool part for me about this is that he really had a time in his life where he walked away from all things God. And in the midst of even this tragic moment in his life, he has returned to God. He has these crazy talents where he's been learning graphic design and 3D and AI and all that stuff and, and does this for people. And so I contacted him and was like, hey, you want to do our bumper for the next year? And he was like, absolutely. So he hit me with a message the other day. He's like, I've done stuff for companies and organizations, but this one just hit me different and emotional because of where my walk was and where wow. it is now with God and being able to do this for your church. So Damn. just puts a little extra something <laughs> special in there. That is so good. Wow. What a testimony, bro. We, you talked about him uh, a few episodes back, yeah. you know, uh, about that. And so uh, and his accident and everything. So, man, it's so great. God just turns everything around for the good, man. That's amazing. That's amazing. Absolutely. And so, uh, listen, um, if you are with us, season two, we're launching The Way of the Messiah. Don't miss out, man. Be a part of it from beginning to end as we go through the year-long teachings of Jesus. So, what can you do? You can do a few different things. First off, follow us on Spotify and iTunes at Post Sunday Podcast. Follow us there. Leave a rating. Leave a review if you've already been listening. That just brings more exposure for the podcast. Uh, secondly, follow us on, on a social media, uh, Instagram, TikTok, X, uh, YouTube. You can follow us there. Subscribe. Hit the like and a, and a notification tab. You'll get a notification every time we have a video up and running for you guys. Uh, the more you can be a part of these different avenues, the more you're just going to get engulfed in the Word of God and more info and more promo and things that we just want to get you guys plugged in all for the benefit of the kingdom of God. So enough of that. Let's get to our final 2023 installment of the never-ending story, man. It's um, It's been fun us, spiritually Yes, when you know where you're going, <laughs> you know, because people come and they say like, well, what if the Holy Spirit asked you to do something different? Mm. Well, we're always open to the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, what we're doing is because of the work of the Holy Spirit in prayer and in time with the Spirit of God, he directed us to take our church and the people on this podcast through the story of God from beginning to end. Yep. And so there are moments throughout the year where maybe we were going to, you know, teach with this concept and the spirit of God kind of moved it in the direction he wanted it to go. And we've been open to that. Right. Yeah. And so there's been that evolving throughout it, but we knew the spirit of God really confirmed in our hearts. This is what we want you to do and really has been confirming. So we didn't make up next year. We believe that God is really setting a course spiritually for us in our lives, in our church here in Orlando, for those that are going to take in this podcast yeah. for not just season two, but season three. And people are like, well, how can you do that? Just, well, when you spend time with God and the, and the spirit confirms these things. So when you know the ending of God's story and you know, that's where you're going. It's like all year long, the spirit of God is just kind of 
putting these little markers, you know, beside you or in front of you or these little moments where you kind of just put them aside and go, oh, that's coming. Oh, that's coming. I'm going to save that for that. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to build that for that. And this whole year has been building a puzzle as we've been saying, yeah. right? I love the the person who sent us an email months back that said, I literally just got done putting a puzzle together. Remember this? Yeah. And it was missing a piece and I was so frustrated, but then I thought about what you guys have been saying about this, this, this puzzle really never gets fully put together until Christ returns, right? Because there's always a mystery because God's thoughts are greater than our thoughts. Mm. And so I decided to take the puzzle and frame it as a, as a reminder that the puzzle's never complete. Like that mm. just is so yeah. good. Why didn't yeah. I think of that, right? So I feel like we should have a puzzle on the wall right now <laughs> with some pieces <laughs> missing from it. And yet at the same time, yeah. he's been giving us pieces of the puzzle yeah. And I do think about like when you're doing one, I don't know if you like to do puzzles. Uh, if the smaller ones, I, I, I don't have patience for the big details. I love ones. them and I do them mostly it's at Christmas. For me. Really? Well, like I love the Christmas ones and all of a sudden I realize I'm so a personality that it takes it. my mind off everything else for the moment. Wow. So if I get engulfed in this puzzle, like for a moment, I didn't think about anything else but the puzzle. I, cause I have to complete the puzzle. Right. Yeah. But when you're doing it, you know, like you, you start doing like a right corner and you get enough pieces that you now start to see the picture, not fully, but you start to recognize it. Yeah. And I feel like that's what's been happening this year. Like people are starting to recognize the story of God and the picture of God. Maybe not every piece of it. Lots of people have lots of questions every week. We still have questions. We're still learning and growing, but it's like you're starting to recognize the picture yeah. of the story of God. Wow, so and I good. feel like that's what yeah, this yeah. final week is about. That's good, man. I used to build like airplanes. You remember like those, yeah. uh, you know, I used to do that for a little while, but man, Legos is just down my alley right now. My kids are at that age, <laughs> you know, so I find myself opening that book up and just helping them out with different things and they get immersed. My son's a little bit more of that. Uh, just, I got to accomplish it. He gets frustrated when there's something not accomplished. Yep. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, I didn't come from the cool Lego world of today. <laughs> I came from the original, like red, yellow, blue, Bro, green, it's crazy. They got like an app in a big box. Now. Right. And yeah. then it was like, use your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> now you get like, Oh, I'm buying the death star. Yeah, you can exactly. see it on the box. Yep. And then I know what I'm trying you to craft. only get the book. Now you have an app app that they literally have. Yeah, you scan a code beyond. of your puzzle pieces and it, it it's like guiding you through yeah. it. Like it, it it's, I it's would cool. just it's toss great. them away and, and grab my GI Joes. <laughs> so, but anyways, like yeah. that's what this final piece is all about. Like to me, it's always been about the whole story of God. I don't understand and I can't fathom the people that want to, in essence, almost reject or get rid of the Old Testament. You know, as we've said, you hear so many people were New Testament Christians or yeah. once Jesus arrived, it's it's the old the Old Testament is obsolete or something like that. And How many stories have we heard of people saying, Man, if it wasn't for the old testament, correct, like it's connecting everything. Right. And that's why on Sunday I, I showed that 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 beautiful picture of all the cross references. Mm. Hundreds and thousands of cross references because Jesus, you know, he, he quotes the Old Testament more times than anyone ever realizes. Peter and Paul, when they write, they reference back to the Old Testament more times than people even have a clue. And John writing in Revelation is pulling from things in Isaiah, from things in Ezekiel, like they're from things in the garden in Genesis chapter one and chapter two. Like you can't have 
the whole picture of God without the whole story of God. Mm-hmm. And so this is why we say it's the whole story for the whole person. And yeah. the more you understand the whole story of God, then the more it begins to radically shape and transform your yeah, life. My favorite word for this year has been symmetry. Yeah. I love that word has made everything come together for me uh, from old to new. Uh, being able to talk through what we're going to talk through some of these areas uh, has really opened up my eyes to see the connections. Um, it's now like I'm searching for Jesus in the in, in each Old Testament story. Yeah, like where where is that fingerprint? Where is that tie-in right of the Son of God? And uh, and you find it, and you find it. So we're in Revelation now, twenty-one. Right, heaven is coming to earth. Yes, yeah, so it's Christmas. You know, so what better way than to read? You know the birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter one, like that, that's the launching point, right? Like for everyone that, uh, is, is settled into this season and and you've been celebrating it and you have your traditions and, and whatever it is, you know, I think, I think people need to rest in the reality for Christmas that Christmas is not a biblical commandment first and foremost, right? There's nothing inside the scriptures that says thou must and shall celebrate Christmas, for whatever reason you celebrate Christmas, I think it's just a joyous holiday of giving, of generosity, of love, of togetherness. Um, However, because of church history, we know that Christmas for us also brings about a remembrance and a celebration of the birth of Christ. And so therefore as Christians, we do celebrate it differently. And the reason being is Jesus. And so in Matthew chapter one, when they're told though, remember, correct. That's it. Like it's the reflection piece, right? Remember. It's not forgetting. And so how many times did God tell us to do that, right? In the old Testament. There you go. Remember you have people like they argue and they banter. Yeah. You shouldn't do this. and You shouldn't celebrate this and you shouldn't do this as if like Christmas in itself is this biblical festival. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know? And so therefore it's a time where you can choose to celebrate the holiday as we know it around us. Yeah the way that you do. However, as a Christian, we also make sure that within it, as you just said, we are remembering all things, God, his story, his son, Jesus. And in Matthew 21, you know, you get behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And this is this like earth shattering moment. I don't think people realize in the story of God. This, 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 this moment where God leaves his realm and comes to earth, God is now with us in Jesus. And we'll talk about this more right out the chute starting in January, because I know that conjures up lots of questions, but the reality of just that name, God with us is what Christmas is not just all about, but what our faith is all about Mm. that we serve a God that has always wanted to be with us. Like this begins to be that, that corner of the puzzle where if you can see this picture and you may not have every piece to have it perfect and clear on the puzzle board, or like you said, you've, you've got the app and you've started building the death star yeah. and now you can see it, but it's not complete. You begin to go, Oh my goodness, this is who God is. This is what he's about. This is my God. This is who I serve. This is who I surrender to because I understand the fullness of this God's story that has been, as we said last week, pay attention to a language that continues throughout. It's like, it's like God 
injected themes into his story from beginning to end. And if you would see them and pay attention to those themes, instead of highlighting, we talk about highlighter Christianity or, you know, the the buffet tray where you go up and go, (laughs) I like this book and I like that verse and I like this section, but I'll leave the rest. Like you never get the full picture. You don't, you don't, man. And so, you know, as you said, this is a season for us to remember and God says it in his word, Emmanuel, God with us. That's been his intention from all, from, from day one to be with us. And so, uh, you really, you, 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 this was, I was talking to you prior to the pod because this was one like not as challenging in the sense of, of, of the other, uh, revelation stories in, in prior weeks, because now you get to really talk about just to, you get to connect all the dots together. It's almost like um, you you put together the main pieces, right? Of a of a uh, and go back to the Lego, you know, um, Lego s- s- scenario. But you put the big pieces together, and now this final story is attaching each piece to make it one and complete it. And this is kind of what that message was. It's like, all right, now let's go back to the beginning and how all of this just ties right into. This story right here. That's why the adventure has been there. And all along we've been making spiritual deposits and kind of laying foundational stones. And, you know, you hear people now, they're like, real people, real places, real time. Because we've said that, you know, almost every single week. And then it makes sense. My daughter literally last night was like, did you know during their day and time that when the star was there and the sky, it wasn't for the wise men. It was symbolic for our cover. And it was like to hear, here go in that real place in that real time. We're just having this conversation is changing people. And that's because that's what the story of God does. And so you get this at Christmas, this central picture of Emmanuel God with us. And however you visualize that, that's fine. You know, of, of, of the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger in a stable, how many animals you stick around it in your head or whatever. Um, we're not here to, to banter through all of that. The essence of that is that God came from his realm to our realm with us. But that's not the first time, not the only time. And what people have to realize is that has been the story of God. So if we go all the way back to Genesis, the book of Genesis, the way that God intended things to be is Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, right? Like we said, that was plan A. That was. Right? That was, that was in essence, that was the Garden of Eden. That was paradise. And what we find is that God takes his very hands and scoops up dirt. He forms man and you know with it. He breathes the breath of life into him. So this being has the breath of God in him at the beginning of creation. And then he creates woman from him, gives them roles. We've talked about that. They didn't just sit around and just eat fruit and lay on their back, you know, and watch the streams come down. They had roles and they had responsibilities and they were to be image bearers of God to all of creation, just as we are. And then we get Genesis three and obviously we get sin, but what we often forget to pay attention to is that that whole encounter and conversation takes place when God shows up to come walk with Adam and Eve in the garden and they're hiding. Where are you? And it's that beginning picture that God intended to come walk and talk with us at the very beginning of creation that really begins the foundational stone of a God who always comes to be with us. 
This is the story of God. And so you see it unfold in the Garden of Eden. This God, the way he intended before sin separated it was to be in close proximity, to come walk, talk, dwell amongst his creation, with his creation. We decided to sin and reject that and broke that that relationship, that opportunity because of the sin in our lives. And then, as we've said, the language of the Bible, you start to see it. The story of Noah, the story of Abraham, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. The scriptures say, and then God said, let me come down and see. So God comes down. How and in what way and what form in the story of Noah, we're not quite told, but it says he comes down and he sees the evil and the wickedness and his heart is grieved. Why? Because this is not how he intended it to be. He wanted to be and dwell with creation as their creator and and, and, and them with him. And the story of Abraham, he comes down to the tent. The story of Sodom, he comes down and sees the evil and wickedness and decides to destroy the city. And so this language begins in these first few chapters. That's why we spent so long in the book of Genesis at the beginning of the year, because it was building this foundation of who this God is. He's not like any of the other gods of the other nations. He's not like any of the gods of any of the religions today. He's not far off in some distant space going, hey, do these things and you appease me. And if you don't, I, I'm going to be an angry God, and so I'm going to hold back the rain, or I'm going to, I'm going to let the sun scorch your crops, or you know, I'm going to dry up the rivers so that you, you, know, you can't flourish as a people. This God isn't some distant, detached God. He has been a God from the beginning that intended to be with his creation. That's good, man. That's really good. And we see that, too. I mean, as we continue down the pipeline here, Exodus 19. Mount Sinai, right? Exodus 35, the tabernacle. There are two places where God's presence descends. Yes. Yes, Moses goes up a mountain. The nation of Israel's at the foot of it, but God descends. And so we've heard all these messages growing up in church, if you're a churchgoer, of the Shekinah glory of God, the presence of God that enveloped the, the mountain at Mount Sinai, and out of it we get the Ten Commandments. But what we failed to really pay attention to is that God came and descended upon the mountain, right? And we know it was the glory of God. It wasn't something else because of all the things that are described. But even Moses himself can't even look and see God. God says, hey, step back in the, in the, in the crack, in this crevice of the rock of the mountain, and you'll see my back as I go by you because you can't gaze face to face with me on this mountain, even though I've descended to where you are. And then the building of the tabernacle is God telling Israel and giving them the commandment, build it this way, you know, with the Ark of the Covenant, and then my presence is going to come rest and dwell amongst the nation of Israel in the midst of you. Take me with you where you go. I'll be a cloud by day and a pillar by night, but but when I say take this tent and move, move. When I tell you to keep the tent here, here, because that's my presence with you. So here we are in the first two chapters, Two, first two books of the Bible, Genesis and Exodus, and there's a common language. This God keeps coming down to be amongst his people. Mm. He doesn't stay far out some other place. Yeah, yeah. And the lang- again, we continue on with that language. First Samuel 17, the temple. And I was able to speak on that a little bit, but it, 
Uh, you know, it's funny as I was studying a little bit more about the temple, it came it is like I was learning that the temple um, of um, almost be the Garden of Eden, almost uh, just the instructions that God gave, the way that it was designed, even the way that it, the directional way that the temple was was designed. Uh, it, it just uh, it was it was amazing, east to west. Like there was just so much detail in that uh, that I, th I thought it was fascinating to know that. But again, God would dwell amongst his people in that temple. And you did so good with that when you taught because of all the things you learned. And, and it's First Kings. I, had, I think I had in my notes that you were looking at First Samuel. Oh, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. And I just want to correct that for those that are listening. First Kings, I think five through, out, five through eight. But um, when you taught, I remember you coming to me going, hey, when I when I now see the temple, I see this almost like foreshadowing in the garden mm. or this replication or mm. symmetry, mm. like you said. And then you even pointed out the very fact that here God tells the nation of Israel, you're going to build me a temple. So now I'm going to move from being in a tabernacle, a tent to being in a temple, but this still isn't my permanent residence. Mm. And, you know, and you pointed that out that God had kind of like already set the, the, the base for the reality that I really want to dwell a different way amongst my people. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, which was mind blowing, you know, because here he is, it's kind of like upgrading to a new, a new facility, a new, new place. David kind of desired to do it. And he was like, man, I, I, how do, how can I dwell amongst these beautiful palaces? But yet my God is in a tent and so the aspiration and desire was always there. He didn't accomplish it, but his son did. Uh, and which God, God was, you know, grateful for that. But the intention has always been, God, I want to dwell amongst my people. Yeah. And so what does he do moving from that, right? Yeah, so you get, if you're watching the scope of the story of God, God comes down the garden. God comes down to see the world at, at the time of Noah. He comes down at the time of Abraham. He comes down on Mount Sinai. He comes down in the tabernacle. He comes down in the temple. Like this, mm -hmm. is, this is the Old Testament story of God. He keeps coming down to us. You know, to see how things are, to to guide us, to dwell amongst us, and yet his desire was to dwell with us and in us. And so when you turn those pages over and you get to the New Testament, it's no wonder that immediately Matthew's like, hey, remember his name is Emmanuel, that God is came to be with us, to dwell with us, amongst us. And so that's what changes Christmas for us, right? Like that's the essence of it is not just all the things that we choose to do during Christmas in our traditions, in our homes, with our kids and family. And let's be honest, there are some people right now that Christmas as we know it is a really difficult moment this yeah. holiday season, right? Someone has passed. Someone has is not there. There's an empty seat. And Christmas is lonely. Kids have grown up. It has changed and morphed. And so the reality is for those people is that for all of us, we lean into Jesus because he's more than whatever's under the tree and whoever's around the table because he's the one that can carry us through all of that in this moment. And that has been his desire. That's the thing I think that people need to really hear is that God desires to be with us. This is why he sent his only son for us. This is why we will learn that he leaves the 99 for the one, right? Now, all of this language, if you begin to put it together, 
makes this resounding theme come alive in the scriptures that God has always wanted to be with us, walk with us, dwell with us. He comes for us. He comes after us. He's waiting for us. It's the prodigal son and the father who goes out every day looking to see if you're going to be there. This is the heart of our God. And then we get to Acts chapter two and we see nothing different. Acts chapter two, Jesus says, it's better for me earlier, not in Acts chapter two, to go so that I might send one better for you than me. And you're like, how is that? Speaking of the spirit of God. And in Acts chapter two, here the spirit of God comes down and dwells and rests inside of his people. Mm. So this thing keeps going on this way. God comes down to us. Yeah. And this is the beauty of the scriptures that sets us up for Revelation chapter 21. Man, that's good. Um, going back a, l- a little bit, though, it's just I, I find it fascinating how Matthew, right, is the beginning of the New Testament. And the portrayal of Matthew's, like, his viewpoint, and, 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 and as he's writing, right, uh, he, us readers seeing his viewpoint of God being, right? Because each, each writer of the Gospels had a different audience and perspective of, of Jesus. And it's fascinating how Matthew, it begins with Matthew, and his perspective of writing the Gospel was to prove without a doubt that Jesus was the Messiah and the King of Israel, right? Yeah. Like, I, I'm, we're, we're, we're coming out the gate from Old Testament into this, Boom, this is what you need to know. This is what it is. And in Mark, he emphasized Jesus more like a servant leader. Yep. Luke dealt more with the humanity of Christ, revealing Jesus as the son of man. John concerned himself with proving that Jesus was God. And so like each one, right? But I just love how it began with Matthew saying, this is your king. He came down for you, for us to bring salvation to the world. It's always been about a God who does what he promises to do, Man. right? Yeah. However, what God has been trying to do is to, to redeem and reclaim the relationship he originally intended in the garden, and that was to dwell amongst his creation. Mm. So Jesus is the promise of the covenant of the plan to redeem and reclaim that. And so, yes, it's all things Jesus, but Jesus coming to earth is this cataclysmic moment in, in, in the world, you know, it's like it shattered it where God came from his realm into ours because it's once again a God who's, who's setting up what he always intended things to be. Mm-hmm. And that is when you get to the end of Revelation, that is the culmination of the whole thing, right? Revelation chapter 21. Yes. Let's go to that. It says, Then when I saw a new heaven and a new earth, this is John writing, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, now pay attention to the language, coming down out of heaven from God, coming down, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. There's the language we talked about last week, the groom and the bride, the groom and the bride, the marriage supper, Okay. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their 
God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for the former things have passed away. So the John finally sees the ending of God's story. And what he sees is a new Jerusalem, heaven coming down to earth, and proclaims that God will dwell with his creation. His dwelling place will be with them coming down. This is the bookend and the capstone to everything you've been wondering and asking and trying to figure out. What's it going to be like? It's going to be like the very thing God always intended it to be. A place for all eternity where God would come down and dwell with his creation. That is the beauty and the essence of heaven. Not streets of gold, as we've talked about. Not do I have a mansion. Not where's my crown. It's the very fact that God is going to create something new where he comes and dwells with us. This is what our God does. That's it. That's it. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, you referenced Revelation 21 with Psalms 168. You will not let my soul go to Hades down from heaven to earth. Yeah, that was David crying out, and we talked about that, just that reality of what the end looks like. Isaiah 65. Of of God coming back. Isaiah 65 has a beautiful description of heaven. People are like, well, what does it look like? What does it mean? I I encourage you to read Isaiah 65, Mm. right? Because it talks about us working and us actually doing things. This Tom and Jerry idea that we sit around on, on clouds with harps, and we're just this choir that sings for all of eternity. That's why some people go, that doesn't sound like something I'd want to do for all eternity. It's because not what you're going to do, right? I don't know completely what we're going to do, but I know Isaiah 65 talks about working the vineyard and and, and, and with, the, with your hands. Adam and Eve were given roles and responsibilities to steward and, 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 mm-hmm. and do things with the earth that God had given them. And so we have to realize, in essence... Whatever it looks like doesn't matter as much as the reality of a God who wants to be with us, right? We learned in scriptures, or you've learned in scriptures, in the book of James from the brother of Jesus, that God says, draw close to me and I will draw close to you. This is a God that's always wanted to come down and be with you. There are people that don't know how to receive that. And then there are people that they miss it. Because then we create theologies and we create misinterpretations of scripture where we want to leave and escape and be gone. And that's where I look at and go, I think you need to reread your Bible. Doesn't need to be rewritten, but it needs to be reread. Because the story of God from beginning to end is God comes down. And the very ending of John's book, God comes down. It's always been God coming down for us, to us, right? Now, what happens when we die? Absent from the bodies, present with the Lord. But that heaven that we know about or we think about right now is temporary. Just as we see in Revelation, so is this earth. Because God makes all things new. I saw a new heavens and a new earth. And so the heaven that is now is not the heaven that will be, just as the earth that is now is not the earth that will be. Now, once again, don't get caught up in all of the descriptions that that John is writing, right? So it says, like, and the sea will be no more. And people are like, when God recreates the earth, there's going to be no water on it? There's going to be no oceans? That, 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 that language of sea takes you back to Genesis 1. Mm-hmm. What does it tell us? And God hovered over the waters of the deep 
the chaos. And out of it, he brought order and his creation. And so there will be no more seed. The seed to the people, the Bible, to John writing in this time, real people, real place, real time, was still always viewed as chaos, as deep as the abyss, as the, the path to the underrealms in, in some instances. And so the sea will be no more is this language that God is ridding it of all evil, wickedness, darkness, chaos, and he's redeeming, reclaiming things to be new, wow. really the way he intended. And if you were to read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, I think this is beautiful, and Revelation 21 and Revelation 22, think about how the Bible is written. You want to talk about symmetry. Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are the way God intended things to be. The end of God's story, Revelation 21 and 22, are the way he will create and redeem and intend them to be. It's almost as if you could put a little uh, period, 2.1 and 2.2, as if it's season two, right? Mm. The, the next episode. This is how it was. This is what sin did. In the middle of all of it, this is what God did in his promise and his covenant to, to change that. And then when he makes all things new, it's, in essence, a better version of what you got at the beginning. Mm. Trees, rivers, all the languages that, that is in there that he's creating. It's not a garden anymore. It's a city because there's people from every tribe, tongue, language, and nation. The garden that was supposed to be fruitful, multiply, has now multiplied into a city. And now there's numerous people there and sealed with the name of God on the forehead. And it's this beautiful picture. And so I tell people all the time, be careful of your theology, that you haven't misunderstood things, that your whole, your whole thought of heaven and the end of it all is that you leave and escape all of this, that somehow you get sucked up when God has always been trying to come down. And, and, and the reality of that is really, I would say, in Jesus himself, John chapter 14, this is his prayer for his disciples. He prays, Father, I pray that you do not take them out of this world. But we got a lot of people that this is their language. This world is so evil and wicked, I can't wait till God comes and takes me away. So how do you have that thinking when that's not even the prayer Jesus prayed? Father, do not take them out of this world, but protect them from the evil one. John chapter 14. Do not take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. Right? This is his prayer. And this is a God who comes down, the Great Commission, you taught on it. I will be with you to the end of it all, right? I will come be with you. I will dwell with you. I will dwell in you. Paul writes, you know, that temple was, God didn't need to be in a place built by human hands. He wants to dwell in our hearts. The, 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 the covenant in Jeremiah was that I will give them a new spirit and he will write the commandments of God on their hearts, not on tablets of stone. This language of what God has been doing to come down and be with us, to dwell in us, and to eventually dwell with us for all eternity has been the language of the Bible. This is the story of God. He wants to be with you. Yeah. Revelation 21.4, new things, new things and the former are gone, right? Pieces of that. That This is great, man. At the end of it all, he says, I saw no temple. Yes. Right? Revelation 21. We'll, we'll end with this because you talked about the temple, which I just think is a great connection. If I'm a Jew during the time of John, that's shocking. Yeah. 
because they, they, that was it a, was the temple. Yeah. Remember, this is what the Pharisees were were protecting even during the time of Jesus. Not yeah. all of them, but like the religious institution. What do you mean there's no temple? You don't need a temple. It was only there to house the presence of God temporarily. Exactly. So John reminds everyone at the end, I don't even see a temple because God is here dwelling amongst us mm. forever. And so it says there'll be no more sun. There'll be no more stars. That is not like you look up and everything just clears the sky. You know, what it is a reminder of there will be no more darkness because light pushes back darkness. It doesn't mean that he illuminates in such a way that he now is the sun or something like that, like a sun God. It is this language that when he arrives and makes all things new, all the weeping, all the mourning, all the death, all the sorrow, all the things that started in Genesis 3 now are removed. Mm. When John sees the new heaven and new earth coming down, I'm telling you now, know this. This is the story of God. He comes down. If you can see this thread, it will change how you read the Bible, how you receive the Bible. It will help you in some of your misunderstandings of the Bible, and it will make you look forward to the coming of God. Because it, you're experiencing it now, and you'll experience it for all eternity. Super good, bro. Woo. This has been great, man. It's exciting. It's exciting. Any any last thoughts on all this? Yeah, I mean, I know that people, like, you, they have lots of questions still about this, this yeah. book in yeah. particular, this letter. Um, and as we've been trying to say, pay attention to the main things. Yeah. And I know there's differences in interpretations on how this all plays out and what Genesis, at least with people from all different church backgrounds and no church background and from 19 different nations that are represented. Uh, we say these types of things will not divide us. Um, but I do say, that, and I'd put emphasis on how you see the story of God playing out at the end can gravely affect how you live out your faith. And this is why we've been trying to get people to learn. Don't be afraid. Mm. Don't be afraid of this. At the very end of, of the letter, he once again references, and I saw the name of God sealed on their foreheads, right? Because we've learned that is symbolic imagery. It's not a literal tattoo. Can't be a literal tattoo for the image of the beast and be symbolic when it's spoken of of God, right? That in that moment, these people, their hearts, their minds, their hands, their feet were fully surrendered to God. Yeah. No need to fear if he's been sealed on you, on your forehead, in your life. No need to fear a God who's always wanted to come for you, to be with you, to dwell in you, to dwell amongst you. Um, no need to fear death because heaven, as you know, it is temporal for all things eternal. Um, this is why Paul will say to live as Christ, to, you know, to live as, yeah, to, to die as gain, yeah. you know? And so uh, that understanding of, even though I go to be with him, what ultimately is to come is far greater. And be sure that movies and books have not created some interpretation that has you spending so much time focusing on this idea that you're going to be uh, floating up in the sky, up there somewhere, when the story of God has always been him coming down here. <laughs> That's what that I would say is, about yeah. that. And, and so... Um, that's been the wrong misunderstanding of the scriptures and things that, uh, that the Bible doesn't actually point towards. Mm. We've allowed man and interpretations to conjure up something that too many of us have fall, fallen in line with that gives us what I would call this 
escapee, escapism theology of, I don't really almost, it, you can become apathetic. I don't need to worry or do anything because I'm not going to be here and I'm just waiting for him to come, you know, help me escape all of this. Instead of what you do right now matters. God has always wanted to use you. He has always wanted to dwell in you. He has always wanted to work through you. And he wants to do that until the time he arrives to be with you for all eternity. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Keep the main thing the main thing. That's good, man. Ah, super good, super good. Final episode, man. And with that, 2023 comes to an end. (laughs) Man, uh, being the holiday season and all, uh, we wanted to have a little bit of fun uh, in the pod. And so let's talk traditions real quick. What uh, what's a tradition that you guys like to do as a family uh, on Christmas time? We have we travel to Virginia every year during Christmas, and so at Genesis, literally after the third service was over, I had to jet to the airport as fast as possible to get on the plane <laughs> to fly up to Virginia. My wife and kids are already there ahead of me to make it in for Christmas Eve. Um, that's we have spent our whole life away from family, starting a church being a part of a church plant, no grandparents, no aunts and uncles, no cousins that live near us. And so this is our one time a year to do that and be a part of that. And so it gets hectic and crazy, but we go back home to be with family. Um, It's meant that to us and to our kids. And then on Christmas Eve, everybody gets new PJs, Christmas pajamas, and uh, we read uh, the biblical Christmas story. And then we read Twas the Night Before Christmas. Nice. And all my kids do that with my dad and they, they do it in different voices. And one year they wrapped it like every year they come up with a different way <laughs> to do the, it was the night before Christmas. And yeah, so this yeah. year we, we actually found online a book company that takes all your names and like our last name and injects them into the story nice. and you can get it printed. So I'm giving that to my mom on Christmas Eve and then that way they can open it up and actually like our family's names are all yeah, in it. So that's, that's a, and then we wake up Christmas morning and do gifts. Yeah. And eat a nice breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, man, that's good. That's really good. Uh, in the Sierra residence, we, um, Christmas Eve, man, it's probably been like four years now. We have done a um, pizza night. So <laughs> on Christmas Eve, no, no, we okay. bake, we, oh, we make do our own. our own pizzas. Nice. Okay. So as a family, we, we buy our toppings, we get the dough, we get everything. We have all of our family. We just, we make little stations. We, we make our own awesome. pizza night. Yeah. Cause it's kind of one of those nights like, uh, Hispanics usually will go out, uh, go all out Christmas Eve. Like this is, this is it. You know, uh, but for us, we it's kind of a mixture. We were like, ah, we want to have the, the good food on Christmas Day. So Christmas Eve was always like, ah, you know, what are we eating? You know, and so one year we were just like, let's just make pizzas for, for Christmas Eve. And it, were, it, it was just amazing. You're a pizza family. We do. We love pizza. We bought new um, pizza ovens to to do that. And so we're going to be just just that's make, awesome. getting these things out quick. But it's, it's a really cool Christmas tradition. We also read... Um, the biblical story of Jesus together. We'll sing some songs together um, and just really wrap up the night that way. That's awesome. And then Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, we open up gifts and we do um, we do a great breakfast, man. We'll do some Cubans, a Cubans um, bread. We'll do scrambled eggs. We'll cook uh, ham, turkey, bacon, uh, and just load it, make it into like yeah. these sub sandwiches and just, That's oh, cool. dude, it's fire, I, dude. I, my mom every year, since I was a kid, she has, this was a tradition she created. And it, I think it's cool. Cause we always now go back 
and, and look at all of it. She made a stocking for Jesus when we were a child. You know, some people may go, I don't know if they should do that, whatever. But she did. And then on Christmas, after lunch, she has us all write on a piece of paper one thing that we're giving to Jesus this year, a mm. gift. And, and obviously like a character piece of us, you know, we need to surrender, a habit, whatever. Wow. And then we write on it, we fold it, we stick it in the stocking. And then it's been cool because literally I can dump the stocking out and it's things that I wrote like when I was 14 and 15 and like see these still in the stocking. She keeps them all in there. <laughs> and then that's been like kind of a, a tradition of my family with yeah. my brother and all that yeah. stuff that my mom created. That is cool, Which has man. been pretty cool. We're a Christmas family. My, yeah, family, our, my house was decorated two and a half months ago. <laughs> Beginning of October. Your wife it, it, it does not play when it comes exactly. to this holiday. So when I yeah. turn the Christmas lights off. That's awesome. Officially, I get a pay raise because my electricity bill goes down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting more festive at home. Yes. Uh, you know, you could start this. Kids want to get every single area yeah. lit up. And so it's getting to that point now. So it's it's fun. Uh, we do, we've done... Um, Secret Santa as well as a family the last few years, which has been great. We'll just uh, have a uh, name that we get, and and then you know we we kind of got like a, a minimum like a hundred buck, hundred dollars spending limit for them, but it kind of helps us just keep things in budget and just you know kind of go that's all awesome. out for that one yep. individual, and so um, that's fun too. One thing too, man, this year is is special because we I got to spend time with my dad. And yes, it's, it's been, uh, it's been a very long time since I've been with my dad, uh, on a literal Christmas day. And so, um, it's, it's awesome to share that, share that moment with, him, to have, have him be a part of our candlelight services together. Uh, it was that, that was my gift, man. It's been just way too long since I haven't been very with him. Cool. So it was awesome to, to get that together. Fantastic. Yeah, well, man. Merry Christmas to everybody. Woo! 2023 is in the books. It's in the books. So we, uh, we'll take a little break. Yeah. And then we'll be back in January. Yes. And yes. Uh, after we launched the way of the Messiah. And so we'll have some new things. I think we're going to really hone in on what's happening on social media. Yep. Um, uh, a few other ways in which we can continue what's being done here. Yep. Um, be more and interactive with you guys. Be more interactive with our yeah. listeners and our viewers. And yeah. so we've got creative ideas for that. So, you know, you're one, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't. And yet it's been phenomenal. Uh, it's been a God thing, you know, that, that he birthed in us. That he has continued to work and evolve and shape in us. And what we have learned is that this is becoming an opportunity for us to help lead, guide, teach, train, disciple people from all over the country and other countries. And that's been amazing. And so we take that responsibility um, with with everything that we have, we take it serious and we do not take it lightly. We are humbled and privileged to be a part of this with all of you. And so I say farewell to 2023. Yes, Merry Christmas. yes. Thank you guys for joining us again. Check out this entire year of our A Never Ending Story podcasts. Uh, each episode has been such a treat. It has been amazing, my friend, to be uh, alongside of you in this journey. Producer Alexis uh, in producer the house. Producer Alexis. Producer Stanton. Producer Stanton. All of our in-house guests, yes. guest speakers. We're going to have Pastor. new guest speakers yep. all yep. coming up this year, a lot more. Yep. So Johannes, your brother, Pastor Buckle PJ, in. Pastor Chad. Uh, we've had quite a few, and we can't yep. wait to get some more people in, on deck for next year. But, 
man, guys, follow us on all social media platforms. Check us out. Um, and, 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 and yeah, post Sunday podcast. Follow us through. You don't want to miss what we're going to be doing in 2024. Uh, we're excited to get everything launched for you guys. But, hey, man, enjoy your Christmas. Have a happy holiday and a safe and merry uh, new year as well. So until next time, guys, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.